Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Today is Monday, February the 15th. We are back in the studio rocking and rolling episode 79. I am feeling good. I'm feeling blessed and I'm feeling grateful to be here. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Grief Bully Podcast. Today is just me for a solo round. I got some things to get off on my chest. Going to talk about my late father as today, well, yesterday actually makes two years that he has been gone. So before we get into that, as always, I want to thank our sponsors, BetterHelp. They are an online counseling organization helping us with therapy and counseling from the privacy of our home. You can get to them through text message, phone calls, video chat. Whatever your comfort level, they offer you the opportunity. Go to my link, trybetterhelp.com forward slash the grief bully, and you will receive 10% off your first month. So again, going through a difficult time, need somewhere to turn to, definitely go to trybetterhelp.com forward slash the grief bully, and you will receive 10% off your first month when you use my link. So here we are. Coming off of last week's episode where we talked about disenfranchised grief, disenfranchisement, and just how that plays a role in the grief journey and the importance to make sure that we are being inclusive and considering everyone in their journey and where they are. And I talked about titles not defining people's level of grief and the role that they should be able to play in that person's end of life decisions, etc. So definitely go back Check that episode out. Make sure that you subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Make sure that you drop a comment if you're listening to the audio. Leave us a review. It's certainly, certainly appreciated. So today is February the 15th when this episode comes out. February the 14th, 2019, my late father passed away. And I was like apprehensive about getting into the episode just because of the fact that I've talked about this countless times between social media, between my podcasts of of over all of the last 70 plus episodes. And I said to myself, you know what? It can never be too much because I think there's always a lesson to be learned. There's always an opportunity for growth. And most importantly, there's an option to help other people. And that's what's important to me and why I want to continue to share my story and be open and be transparent with you all because of that. So I wanted to talk about how I got to this point. The other day, if you follow me on social media, then you would be aware that I was having a difficult time. I mean, full out, complete tear fest. Like it just was not my day, if you will, or more so it wasn't the day that I had intended and how I planned when I, when I woke up and that wasn't my vision for my day. So I unraveled, I allowed myself to do that. And then after crying my eyes out, I decided to go on social media and go on Instagram live. And I I went on live and when I was there, I talked about the importance of learning to trust yourself 
with your feelings and your emotions and be able to anchor yourself knowing, hey, listen, I can kind of go out and sit a deep end. I can I can test the waters, get in there into my emotions and see what I'm really feeling inside. But I know I'll be OK because I've done this before. I personally think that that could be scary. But I think it's even more scary to never try. And in that situation, you won't really know how you can or can't overcome your circumstances. How will you drown? Will you swim? What will happen? So I went on there and I talked about that. So part of the crying came from the fact that I was listening to voicemails. And my dad left me quite a few voicemails. And it's important for me to talk about it here because the messages that he said in the words, the moments that they were happening. So when he was leaving me these voicemails, I probably took it for granted to an extent and felt like that's so nice. I want to just call him back and keep it going. I'll be honest, towards the end of his life, I started to definitely make sure that I saved the voicemails because I didn't know when I wouldn't have them again. And I'm thankful that I did. But the biggest lesson that I, I really want to touch on here today is the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness has the ability to give us something that we may not realize its value at that time, but the memories that I've been able to keep and hold close and dear to my heart were only allowed to happen and be created because of forgiveness. And what do I mean by that? So I think a lot of times when people pass away, you could choose not to look at all parts of it. So the good, the bad, the indifferent about a person. And I made a conscious decision many years ago that I wanted to forgive my dad for his shortcomings because he wasn't a perfect man, not by any means. There was a lot of times in my life that he wasn't present and he wasn't the best version of himself. And I was able to open myself up to that and to realize that, hey, listen, people have their struggles and they have their story. And he was him before he was my father. So he was Gene. Yes, his name is Gene. So he was him before he was my father. And so everything that he did in his life led him to be the person that he was when it was time for him to be a father and be a parent. And so unfortunately, there were circumstances that prohibited him from being his best self. Thankfully, we had a strong support system and we had family and we had my mom and my grandmother and, and other family members that stepped in, my grandfather. And so I didn't feel the blow as bad, but I can always remember just having this extreme love for my dad. Like whenever someone would talk about him in a negative way, although I was too young to understand what they what they were saying was the truth, I just felt so defensive and protective of him and, and that didn't change as I got older. And so although, again, like I said, there were moments and lapses of time where the relationship was able to grow and thrive, there was a lot of good too. But if I did not open myself up to that, I would have missed it. And so I'm well aware that every circumstance doesn't allow us that opportunity. We don't have that chance with some people because based on what the offenses were, it might be too much to, to find forgiveness. And to be able to extend that courtesy to someone. And so it wasn't like my dad and I sat down and had this conversation where I'm like, listen, I, I forgive you for everything that you did. I really want to make sure that 
we're on the same page and that we don't lose time. It wasn't like that at all, actually. And to be quite honest with you, I don't really remember having that moment within myself where I said, you know what? I'm going to forgive daddy for everything that he did because I know there's going to come a time in life where he's going to die and, or I'm going to pass away and we're not going to be able to reconcile. It wasn't like that at all. But I think I've just always had this knack about me to understand that my back wasn't against that person's wall. And so I can't hold them hostage in term, excuse me, hold myself hostage, I'm sorry, and keep all of that internal bondage versus just trying to enjoy what I have before me. And my God, am I thankful for that? When my father moved back from Camden to live with my grandmother, that was probably around 2005. So I actually was away. I was a freshman in college and trying to just figure things out. And so when I came back to transfer schools, that's when we kind of started to rebuild and find that reconciliation because he had missed like pretty much all my high, every, I think every high school basketball game. And I was a pretty good player in my time. And so he missed out on that. So I thought, so he missed out on that in the physical, but I didn't know that he was keeping my newspaper clippings all along. And so he was following my journey and, and maybe his shame and maybe again, the things that he was dealing with in his life didn't allow him to show up, but to an extent he was there. And so that's when I started to realize like, man, he really does love me and he really does care. And so we started to build that relationship and then we just had things in common. So it was sports and different stuff. And I was a tomboy. And so we had that ability. But it's funny because I was a tomboy or am. And my dad called me princess. And he would call me that in front of anybody at any time. And guess what? I loved it. Never felt embarrassed. I just loved that. And that brings me fast forwarding to the voicemails that I was listening to recently. And they all started that way. Hey, princess. Hey, princess. How you doing? Hey, princess. I don't I don't need anything. Just calling you. Just wanted to talk or, you know, this and that. I'm always here. And so when he said I'm always here and I heard that in the message, I kind of a, a part of me just a little bit got a little angry because I'm like, you're not here. And we can't control that when we are here and when we aren't here and when our time is going to expire. And so I really in the midst of me telling you about my father and telling you about my journey, I want you to hear the message there. I want you to know how important it is that if there, if an opportunity presents itself where you can find forgiveness after you find that resolution within yourself or you just make that decision to then find reconciliation with someone or even if you don't feel like you need to tell them all of that, as long as you make up your mind that you want to build this relationship, you want to take advantage of the time that you have, then I want you to hear this today that I truly encourage you to do that. When you've experienced such levels of grief and loss and you lose people close to you, I think the reality of time being not promised becomes so present and so real that I, I believe that you, you start to just live more open. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I find myself being more open and more forgiving in ways that I usually probably wouldn't be. And listen, I don't want to come off like a hypocrite, right? There's areas in my life in relationships with people, one person in particular, that I still kind of struggle with in terms of finding that ability to an extent to, to get fully in a place where, hey, like, I just want us to get on this particular page. But in my mind, I don't harbor bad feelings. I don't have these ill feelings. So God forbid something was to happen to that person prior to us being able to 
get back on terms or foster some sort of relationship, I, I won't have guilt because between myself and God and the work that I've done in therapy and counseling, I know that I tried. And I know that inside of me, there aren't that is there isn't that malice and bad vibes and bad energy. But to be honest, it's hard. I don't want to just say that you can forgive people. It's hard to it's easier said than done to actually forget what people have done, said or not done, because a lot of times we have issues with people because of what they haven't done, the roles they haven't stepped up in, etc. So I think that it's not enough to just say you need to do that, but to be working towards it at least can maybe help you have some certain levels of peace there. So February 14th, 1.05 a.m., my father passed away. I got a phone call from the from the hospital, the nurse that was in hospice, and he let me know what happened. And in that moment, my life definitely changed. And it was weird because it it changed, but because three years prior, I lost my grandmother, I kind of had already experienced an extreme life-altering situation. So my grandmother and my father lived together. Well, my dad lived with my grandmom. Let's get that straight. She didn't live with him. She probably would be the first to correct you on that. And so when I lost my grandmother, it just opened up everything and it changed everything drastically. And I think that was the first time where, again, I I realized like, yeah, this death thing is real and it's heavy. And it it is really, really playing, playing, not playing fair, excuse me. And so when I lost my grandmom, things changed. And so it allowed me to be familiar with that. And so when I lost my dad, well, when I was losing him, I kind of already knew how bad things could feel and how it could get for me. So I, I, I don't want to say prepared because I don't know if you can really be prepared for losing loved ones, especially parents. But I was already, okay, this is a better word. I think I was already exposed. And so because I was exposed, I was already familiar with that level and the depths of that pain. So when my dad passed, it was like that mountain just got heavier. Like if this is how I was, this is how I became. And it or, or more so like this, right? Cuz it was more like I got stabbed into the heart, but it was like okay, here's more. It wasn't like the complete just slap in the face. And so Having to just do certain things and make certain decisions makes you operate, in my opinion, like I posted on social media, in more of a survival mode. Like the beginning was kind of more so transactional, like things that had to be done, things that had to be checked off the list that we had to do to prepare for services and this and that. So it doesn't give you as much time to kind of sit in it. So last year on the episode when it was my dad's one year passing, I had my two brothers on and we shared openly and talked about certain things. If I look back at that episode and the things that I said and I shared and how I was feeling, I've grown. I think I've evolved personally, but I don't think it's gotten easier. And I and I highlight that because I believe a lot of people say that time heals all wounds, but I don't believe that. I think in some situations, time can actually make something feel worse. It can be harder for you to accept Because the further you get away from the death and the loss, I think the more realistic it becomes that that person is no longer coming back. I was listening to a podcast episode, shout out to David Shan, Sleep is for Suckers, with Grant Cardone on. And he was talking about how he lost his father at the age of 10. 
And for the first 15 to 18 months, he actually was mowing the lawn and he said he can remember the smell of the grass and the sound of the lawnmower and being 10 years old. And for those 15 months or so, thinking that his dad was going to come back. That was so heartbreaking to hear because I understand what that feels like where I wasn't necessarily waiting for him to come back, but like waiting for a phone call, waiting for a text message and then never getting that. And it's like, wow, like this is real. And so he was extremely young and I had lived life and had more experience in this area at the time. But that's just to show you that it is a reality that when you lose a parent and you lose these people, it sets in. But time doesn't necessarily make it better because I think that the grief shifts and it shows up in your life in different ways. And so sometimes it gets harder for you to trust people or it gets harder for you to feel motivated. And it it just or even this to love. Sometimes when you lose love, I think it could get harder to give love. Whew. I remember telling Tanya when my grandmother passed away, I said, this is it. This is all I have. I I don't even know what else I can give. So if this isn't enough, then I really don't know what to tell you. And this is a real thing that we go through. And so two years later, well, one year later from the last episode with my brother's on it and two years from the passing, I just bawled my eyes out the other day and angry. I said, this is not fair. I actually yelled that this is not fair in the middle of my wailing because I started to feel a little angry and I've expressed before about the five stages of grief and how I personally haven't really felt too angry on my journey. And I was like, okay, anger. I I feel you. I see you creeping up, popping your head up. And I was feeling angry. So not that I carry anger, if that makes sense, but I was having a moment of anger that I wasn't really too familiar with, but I felt robbed. I felt robbed. I felt cheated. Everything that I've accomplished to this day was just racing through my head that I hadn't been able to tell my dad or talk to him about simple things. Guys, I'm not even talking about deep stuff. I'm talking about the length of my hair, the style that I wear my hair in, the the job, the different things like the podcast. There's so many things that Time stops for that person and your life keeps going, but without them. And that's very difficult. Like, I feel like when the nurse called me that night, it was like the video game where it says like game over. Like it was like the end. It was it was the end of of something. It was the end of this. And that stinks when you still want to play, when you want to keep going, when you don't want this to end and you're powerless to life. It becomes extremely difficult. And this is why it's important for me to share this and to talk about it and to encourage you to just like open up yourself, open up yourself to relationships, to people, to love, to possibilities, to dreams, to hopes and stop living your life like you have forever because I'm here to tell you that you don't. My dad in his hospital bed, he told me, he said, I wish I would have opened like a re a refurbished furniture business randomly like we weren't talking about what do you wish that you did with your life but this is what he said to me on his on his deathbed and that and that was just again they say the most wealthy people the brightest the the biggest dreams are in the cemetery because so many of us die not empty 
We didn't live like tomorrow wasn't promised. We didn't give everything that we had. And I stand here before you, sit here before you, feeling like I, I need to to be more open, to do more. And and not even being so much with like your dreams, but tell people you love them. Reach out to friends more, family more, get back to people faster. And not to put a panic on you, but just reality. Just reality to understand that it's not promised and that people are really losing people left and right. This year alone, well, 2020 has shown us that in the, a very, very big way on a, a large, very large stage showed us about this. And so I'm thankful for the life that I was able to live with my dad and the time that I was able to spend with him and the memories that I have and the things that just come up and that are a part of me in my life and some of those things. But to tell you that it hasn't been difficult, that would be a lie. But to tell you that I do feel that I have grown. I feel that I have grown in a ways, again, of allowing myself to mourn and to trust my emotions and to not feel bad when I'm not feeling okay. And sometimes that could be hard, but but more so I'm like, I don't, I'm not feeling good. I feel sad. And honestly, sometimes I can't even connect the dots to that. I feel so gloomy and and this overcast in terms of my emotions and its connection to my grief. But then if I look a little deeper or maybe Tanya brings it to my attention and I'm saying, well, maybe that is a part of it. Maybe I am feeling like this because of my subconscious is focused on my grief and my loss. And so what I'm doing now is just trying to work through things. I'm actually scheduled a therapy session to have and to get back into that because I hadn't been to an appointment for a little while. So again, it's like knowing yourself, like my therapist says, sometimes you have to come back and get that shot in the arm. And I literally said that to her, I think I need a shot in the arm. And so knowing your resources and knowing yourself and not suffering, that's what it goes down to. So it's like I go into those deep pits that you probably go into as well. But the difference between some people can be the fact that they choose to go and get those tools that they need, like whether that's a a shovel, not literally, but whatever that is to pick you back up and to help you continue to maintain and, and thrive is what the difference is. It's a choice. So, hey, I don't feel good today. I'm allowing myself to just feel like crap today, but tomorrow is going to be different or, or the next hour is going to be different. And reaching out to your support system and doing those things that you need. I'm actually going to be trying a meditation. I'm really bad at it, but I like deep breathing. But I think I have to get another tool. So this is why I'm really interested in doing this. Because I need something. Of course, I have prayer and I have a lot of things. But lately, it's like this uneasy feeling that keeps like being over me and kind of like I could feel it. And I need to find better ways to like move that energy and to redirect and to do what I can do to get myself in a better spot. So you got to get after you have to make a conscious decision to make sure that you are focusing on not suffering from the unfortunate, unfortunate circumstances of grief and loss. And it's just one of those things where I wish this wasn't what we were talking about. I wish that I didn't have so much experience when it comes to grief and loss because I'd be a happier person, right? Because I still would have my loved ones here with me. But that's not the case. And this is a part of my purpose. And I can only pray that I am making my dad proud and that he is happy with everything that I've been able to do. And I wish that at the end of this, I would be able to sit down and have a conversation with him. And since I don't know what that looks like on the other side of things, I can only remain hopeful. But right now I want to wrap this episode up. And, and what I want to do is bounce into 
our inspirational boost, which is a part of our show. That's important to me. It is brought to us by our sponsors, Adina J Designs. They make, create, and inspire us. We decorate apparel, custom tumblers, T-shirts. They got so many cool things going on. Follow them on both Instagram and Facebook at Adina J Designs, A-D-E-N-A, J-A-Y, D-E-S-I-G-N-S. And this week, our quote is, I live my life every day making you proud. That's the most genuine conversation you and I could have. That's one of my personal quotes, and I wanted to use that today because that's how I feel in terms of my father and how I live my life. And that I can't have that conversation with him, but the way that I live my life and the actions and the things that I do every day, it's the most genuine conversation that we can have. He told me that I'm a winner. He never saw me lose. When I asked him what are some words he would say to me that if I get stuck in life, I can reference. That's what he said. And man, you know how many times I look in the mirror and I say, I'm a winner. He never saw me lose and he's not going to see me lose right now. Nope, because it's either a lesson or a lesson. I don't take losses. I learn and I grow and I get better and I pass information so other people can learn and grow and get better. And so that's our inspirational boost for this week. And as I go into our In Love and Memory segment, you should already guess who that's going to be about today. It's a part of my show where I like to humanize someone that has lived and in their life and just share love to the angels. And so for me this week, it's going to be to Wilbur Jean Jones, which is my father. And I miss him so much. I wish that he was here to see all of us and to see Koi and Nori and how they're growing up. They're my two youngest nephews and just all that we've been able to accomplish and do and just so much, so much. He is missed in a major way, a major way. But dad, I'll carry you in my heart. I'll carry you in my actions and the person that I am. And hell, hell my name is Gene Jones. So I'm going to continue to make sure that that name is, is going to be, a, it's going to be a legacy. It's going to be a legacy. And so rest in peace until we meet again. I love you, and, and I'm sure our family would say the same thing. They love you, and they miss you uh, a lot. Guys, this is episode 79 of the Grief Holy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for bearing with me with my, my openness and my willingness to share with you my vulnerability because it's not always easy, but to me, it's always needed and necessary. And I hope that you took something from this episode today. But again, most importantly, forgiveness can give you the power to have something that nothing else can give you, which is the time and those memories that one day you may get to a point where you wish that you were a little bit more open. Listen, I'm your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, you know I hang out the most over on Instagram. Make sure you follow me there at I underscore AM underscore Jay Nicole. Till next time, you already know. Love and light. Peace. (music) 